0: Good evening, everyone. Yeah, you can say good evening. Good evening. I promise I'm not check- texting my text messages. I'm going to keep track of how long this takes me. That's, that's for your sake, not mine. So um, I want to chat with you a little bit today about listening prayer. And if you're new to Christ Church or just visiting, you have already realized that here we tonight we've broken the cardinal rule in the Christian church going all the way back to the Apostle Paul which is never ever ever let the youth pastor have the microphone Um, but too bad um, at least for tonight. Um, I do want to chat a little bit about a practice that I know a number of you are very good at listening prayer and some others it may be a sort of a new practice. I hope tonight that you sense an invitation to a practice that's designed to pull people closer to God and to each other. I think that's the heart of listening prayer. It draws us to God when rightly done, and it draws us to other people. So tonight will be a little more of a teaching time rather than a preaching time. And because of that, I wanna start with a definition. A working definition of listening prayer is, it's just as it seems. It's putting ourselves in a position to hear God's voice and to contemplate it and then to take appropriate action. That's the basic idea of listening prayer. Uh, I wanna do four things in particular. First, give some general background. And then second, talk about broad principles of listening prayer. Third, take those broad principles and then apply them to writing out listening prayers for others in particular. That's one of the purposes of tonight. And then fourth, uh, maybe spend a little time together actually doing listening prayer. That is, entering into the prayer lab and attending to God. So we'll do those four things. All right. By way of sort of a general overview of listening prayer, it's a practice that over the years I've become increasingly committed to. I practice it regularly with a friend. We practice it here on staff. I actually have two mentors who help me in listening prayer. And the reason I practice it regularly and have these supports is because I've seen the extremes from both sides. I grew up in a non-denominational cessationist church in which listening prayer was widely regarded with suspicion. And then after college, I spent two years in a charismatic church, really trying to understand that expression of faith. And there I saw listening prayer sometimes really well done and sometimes very poorly done. I saw the the excesses of extremes on the one hand and neglect on the other hand. I think the way forward is to take a middle ground. And I think we can do that if we do a couple of things. One is to acknowledge that listening prayer really is a little bit like handling dynamite. It is something that we have to be careful with. Um, but a lot of things in the Christian life are a little bit like handling dynamite. If we think, for example, of the act of preaching or the act of teaching or the union of man and woman, all of those things are dynamite. They can be really well done and produce a lot of beauty, and they can also be really destructive. But the way to go about them is neither to be excessive nor avoid, it's to do them carefully, systematically, and attentively. Good preaching is done carefully, systematically, attentively. And I think the same principle holds for listening prayer. To avoid the extreme extremes on, on each side, on each end, we'll do it progressively, systematically. So that's the idea. Let me pause just for a second. Are you good? I'm good, sir. Okay, Yeah, no, that's fine, all right. We've got a cough drop in water. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cough drop on the way. So it's, a, it's an invitation, um, but it uh, has to be done with some care. I've had an opportunity to teach some listening prayer to the youth here. And when I taught at a private school, when I taught eighth graders for a bit, we also did some listening prayer there at that time too. And here's what a couple of them said, reflecting on their experience of doing it first semester. One said through listening prayer, quote, the Lord has reminded me time and time again that I am loved and accepted by him. That's a great thing to hear from a 13-year-old. It's a great thing. Here's, Here's what another said. Quote, I've been shocked about how the listening prayer that others have done for me has been exactly what I needed to hear. Knowing somebody is praying for you is one thing, but hearing the things that you actually need is crazy. That is good crazy. All right, so that's by way of sort of a general overview I want to move to our next phase here and talk about broad principles of listening prayer, which will apply to writing out prayers in a bit. So three broad principles, or sometimes I think of them as steps in listening prayer. The steps are to listen, to interpret, and to apply. We listen. If we gather some impressions, then we want to interpret those carefully. And if it truly is a word from the Lord, then we want to apply it consistently to our life. We listen interpret, and apply. So let's take each of those three in turn. The first is to listen. Um, because I'm a youth pastor, I sometimes think in acrostics. So the elements of, of, uh, <laughs> the elements of listening I call spew, S-P-E-W. Yes, we're, we're deep into Anglican theology here. <laughs> spew, OK. Uh, what do I mean? The first element of the listening stage is simply silence. That's the S. Simply silence. That is taking two minutes, three minutes, four or five minutes to just quiet oneself. I think it's important in this stage, if one doesn't hear anything, as it were, if there's just silence, that can be considered a win. That's a good thing. We don't always need to hear something. There's no pressure and no obligation. There are many reasons why just being silent is a good thing. All right. That's the S in spew. What about the P? The P is to simply be present to the Lord, where we just attend to him and we sort of lean into his generosity. There's a little element here of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. I think sometimes, if you're like me, when you, when you try this, um, there can be a lot of activity up here and we can be distracted. I do think there's an element of encouragement that the goal here is not necessarily attention to God, but it's rather intention. That is, we can have the desire, the intention of being present to God, even if sometimes we feel like there's a lot of rattling along and a lot of distraction. So the encouragement there is, even if you feel distracted, the goal is not so much attention to God, although that will increase over time. He blesses even our intention. That is, he's just looking for a seed, a mustard seed of faith that is something that he he will bless and and attend to. So that's presence, silence, presence. The E in spew is to explore. If a thought, um, an image, a feeling, a picture, a song, a scripture comes to mind, then the next step is simply to attend to it, to explore, to lean into it, investigate it a little bit. Um, In my own experience, this is sometimes quite mundane. I've actually been surprised at what ended up being a genuine word from the Lord that was very helpful and influential started out as a a seemingly very mundane thought. And I I think that's important to realize that at my time at this charismatic church, much of which was really good and a lot of great folks, there were some excesses there. I remember attending a prayer service on a regular basis and we'd be quietly praying and then uh, one lady in the back would occasionally yell out, "I can't do it," and then we'd keep praying for another five minutes, and there'd be another, "I can't do it." <laughs> I think the I think she had the idea that there should be some sort of emotional or spiritual experience, when in fact much of this, I think, rightly is actually rather rather mundane. And it turns out she can she could do it, um, but maybe was sort of looking for the wrong thing. All right, that's S P E explore the W of spew is simply to write it out, to capture it, whatever you've tunneled into. It could take a form of some prose. If you're a musician, it could take the form of picking up your instrument. If you're an artist, it could be a picture if there's an image in your mind. Uh, Whatever it is, the idea is to capture it. So we attend, we're present, we explore, and then we capture it, we write it. Uh, A concrete example may be helpful. So, somebody I know quite well, a dad, uh, has, um, some time ago was practicing listening prayer for his daughter. And so he is attentive and silent. And after a few minutes, uh, a thought came to mind. The thought was flower. He wasn't usually given to thinking of flowers. So he, it was a rather mundane thought, but um, he thought, well, that seems out of the blue. I'll I'll attend to it. That is, I'll explore it, the E. And as he explored it, he simply said, well, Lord, if this is from you, what kind of flower? And what uh, blossomed, what bubbled up was lily. Well, he thinks in terms of the scripture often, so naturally that prompted him to think of the passage from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, consider the lilies of the field. And so he looked up this passage, and as you know, that passage is about leaving off worldly things, what we'll eat or what we'll wear, and seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he realized that that scripture beautifully fit his daughter's situation at the time. At the time, she was getting to know a new group of friends. They had a lot of virtue, but they were also fairly oriented towards the things of this world, and she was really wrestling. On the one hand, she liked them. On the other hand, she recognized that some of these priorities were not quite right. So he was able to say, Here's the scripture from Matthew 6, and tell her a little bit about the process of how he had arrived to it. And she was significantly encouraged in that. It's a simple example, but I think there are some helpful takeaways. So let me just enumerate those. First, the father, by, through this activity of listening prayer, better understood his daughter. That's a win. He, um, he felt closer to his daughter, in a significant way. As a result of this listening prayer, he was able to pray more intelligently and more specifically for his daughter who adjusted his prayer life. He also had a, a stronger sense of God's partnership with him in the minutia of parenting, for which he was quite grateful. In terms of his daughter's reaction, well, she received an encouragement, really a deep affirmation of her own instincts of what was right and wrong and also had a deeper sense of God's specific love for her and her dad's specific love for her. All of that came out of this act of listening prayer. Okay, so that's part of the listen element of the three elements, listen, interpret, and apply. Let's think about that second element of interpretation. This element is important because we don't want to just get impressions and image an idea or whatever we want to really vet them and make sure that they're scriptural and make sure we've probed the deeper meaning if in fact it's a message from the lord so the acrostic here is swat yes swat um s-w-a-t first we spew people and then we swat that's um, <laughs> that's listening prayer what do i mean well the s in swat is scripture Any impression at all that bubbles up has to align with the teachings of scripture. If it doesn't, then it's not a word from the Lord and ought to be set aside. There's also a deeper level here. If something passes our criteria of vetting, the scripture can often help not just determine if it's a message or not, but it can help illuminate the idea. If you think back to my friend's example, he had the idea that came to mind of flower and then lily, but the breakthrough was what the scriptures, the imagery that the scriptures use about lilies to point to his kingdom and his righteousness. It was that connection with scripture that really um, brought home the meaning, uh, illuminated the meaning of the word for his daughter in that situation. So that's the S, scripture. The W in SWAT is uh, for wise people, wise people, What does that mean? That means a few things. One thing it means is that when we're vetting anything, we want to make sure that any impression, as best we can, there's some agreement on the impression and the interpretation by mature Christians who understand the situation. That is, we want unity among mature believers. The scriptures speak of the importance of unity, the spirit of unity through the bond of peace and so on. So vetting any interpretation and getting any, vetting any interpretation or impression is important. And often getting at the deeper meaning happens best when we function in community. Some of that is just good Christian common, common sense. All right, the A in SWAT stands for all of our knowledge. All of our knowledge. So the idea here is if it's a genuine word from the Lord, it should fit with established facts. The scriptures are clear that the Holy Spirit guides us into the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And if any impression or interpretation contradicts established facts, then it's not of the Lord. Truth cannot oppose truth. Now, we have to make sure our established facts are, in fact, facts, right? But if they are, then any rightful interpretation would always match. In the case of this father, um, he saw a connection here, not just that scripture illuminated the idea, the, image, the imagery of the lily, but the established facts of his, in this case, observation of these new friends and some of their priorities. So the word that he discerned was m- matching the scriptures from Matthew 6 with the facts, as it were, of his daughter's situation. And it was that combination that helped him see the deeper meaning that it was a genuine word from the Lord. All right, and then the T in SWAT is transformation. Any true message from the Lord ought to produce the fruit of the Spirit over time. It ought to produce Christ-likeness. It ought to bring some some measurable sense of the kingdom of God in a way. And And in this sense, the goal of listening prayer really is simply it's simply a microcosm of the larger goal of the Christian life. What do we want to do? We want to love God, love people, and become Christ-like. And that is, of course, the goal of listening prayer is transformation over time. That's what we would expect if God is really communicating to us and we're really leaning into it. Okay, so in the listening portion, we've gone through what is sort of the broad principles, rather, of listening prayer. There are three, three elements, listening, interpreting and then applying. That's the, uh, that's the last element. The applying any kind of interpretation is in a sense here, um, the same as what we do generally in the Christian life. If you do a Bible study and you come up with some spiritual insights, or you get some spiritual insights from a friend, or a book, or a hymn, or something like that, and you want to apply them to your life, which we've all done many, many times, you just follow some, usual steps. Here it's no different. And each of you have done this a lot. So in a sense here, there's not that much to say. I tend to think sometimes in acrostics. So I think of the acrostic PAT, P-A-T. That is, if I have a genuine word from the Lord, how should that affect my prayers? What's one change in my prayer life, even if it's a very simple one, a new arrow prayer in a given week? What's one change in my prayer life I can do? What's one change in an action I can do? P for prayer, A for action. Is there some way I should shape my schedule, even if it's spending five minutes a day on something or half an hour a week? Is there some adjustment I should make to apply this truth to my life? And T is for tracking it over time. If it's a genuine word for the Lord, then we don't just want to attend to it here um, it's a good idea to swing back to it in two weeks or a month and see, should I make an adjustment in how I pray or how I act? So PAT, prayer, action, and then tracking. I've actually found the tracking part, the follow-up part, actually <clears throat> some of the most challenging sometimes to really push into what, what does this mean and how, how can this be lived out. Um, not unlike when you crack open the scriptures, the Sermon on the Mount... It's partly understanding it, isn't it? But the deeper part is actually living it out, isn't it? Um, Same thing here. Okay, so that's a little bit, three principles of listening prayer, broadly speaking. Now let's apply some of those to writing listening prayers for others. And here I see this as having two steps. Step one is just to go through what we've talked about, spew and swat, to listen, to interpret wisely, as much as one can. That's step one. Step two of writing out listening prayers for others is really thinking about how to share. How to share if you genuinely think that an impression is from the Lord, and if you think you've interpreted it in a wise way, you're still left with the question, well, how do I go about sharing it with a person that I've been praying for, that I think I've listened on behalf of? And here, I don't have a clever Acrostic, just an acronym. Bear, B E R. It's really bur. It's not as clever. Bear, B E R. Um, three principles for deciding when and how to share. The B stands for build others up. I think it's very important if we're going to say, I think the Lord may be saying such and such to you, that our motivation and our mentality is how do I build this person up. It's no surprise that when Paul is writing about the charismatic gifts to the Corinthian church, he wants to land all of that smack on love, doesn't he? All of this should be to build others up. And I think we have to think deeply about that. There are some some times in which a person, I think, may have a genuine truth or a word for another, and it's simply not right to share. They should just keep it and pray about it. That wouldn't be the right time. It wouldn't actually build up that person, even if it were true. Uh, we have to be attentive to that. All right. The E, the E in bear is, stands for extra vetting. My own sense is when if, per, if somebody is writing out a prayer to somebody else, that it just takes extra care, coming back to it several times before uh, deciding to share it or when to share it. That extra vetting, I think, is important. Um, what I find sometimes is when I'm like, okay, yes. I've really done the hard work of discerning this impression. This really is an authentic word for somebody. Then I just want to share it right away. <laughs> I've had to learn to sort of be disciplined and to wait and to, um, to be patient on that. Uh, the, the R for bear is respect, to respect the other person. I think it's um, really important to give the other person genuine freedom to even want to hear. I think I've heard something from the Lord that may be beneficial from you. Would you like to hear it? We should give the other person total freedom to say, no, thank you. Or if they want to hear it, total freedom to say, I think you got that totally wrong. And let's not have this conversation anymore. If it's truly done in love and respect, they have genuine freedom to do with that what they want. I think it's helpful to offer, to talk through it if they want, but really, out of, I think, a genuine sense of Christian freedom and respect, which is a true act of love, it should be submitted, if at all, humbly, and the other person has total freedom to assess it as they will. Um, my way of uh, one uh, example, one of the, a, a friend of mine whom I, I meet with once a month to do listening prayer, Uh, He's quite gifted in it, and it's really fun. And we've been friends for years. He has a really good track record. And uh, we've had times when we've really enjoyed each other and times when we've butted heads and we've been able to work through it. And we were doing listening prayer one session. I listen to God on his behalf. He listens to God on my behalf. And when it was his turn to share, his name is Patrick, he said, well, Steve, bad news here. I'll tell you the image. He usually gets pictures. I'll tell you the image that came to mind as I was listening for you. The image was of a shark wrapped up in a net. You know how they get tangled up? And there were scuba divers trying to, trying to untangle them. And the shark kept, like, snapping at them. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Anyway. <laughs> and um, I go, like, well, what, what, what does that mean? Did you just make that up? What does that mean? But as we talked about it and we prayed into it, I realized that that was a true picture of me. And the image was how I view time. Often, I feel like I never have enough time to get done what I need. And the people who are around me helping me, apologies to my wife, get snapped at sometimes. Um, Now, think about that word. Had that word been given to me by somebody I'd never met or somebody I was a little at odds with, rightly or wrongly, I would not have received it very well, probably. But because it was from Patrick, I've seen his track record. I know he loves me. I could really receive that. I think we have to have that deep relational context, that wisdom in mind when we're going about praying, doing listening prayers on behalf of others. All right. So we do have a little bit of time here to um, get to our third element, or maybe it's our fourth. I believe it's our fourth, of actually practicing some listening prayer together. And um, so what I would suggest is to uh, maybe pick a person you want to listen for. Or it could be a situation, a situation at work or in your family. If you want to, you can do it on your own. Or you can um, team up if you're in a family or if you came with somebody else, um, it's up to you. And we'll take about a minute or so, two minutes, I'd say we've got enough time, two minutes to listen. And then we'll begin, this will just be the beginning of the process of attending to God and then vetting it. Does that sound good to you? I'll keep track of the time, so you don't have to worry about that. Let me say a prayer to get us started, and then we'll just take a few moments of silence together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the God who speaks. We ask that as we attend to you, you might speak to us, whether it's in silence or in substance, we look to you Okay, if you have uh, anything to jot down, feel free, and this um, begins, certainly doesn't end, but I hope begins the process of being attentive and seeing, um, seeing where the Lord might lead. I want to um, end our time by reading a quote from a, another student um, that I had some years ago who practiced listening prayer And um, she said the following, I have learned that listening prayer makes you really think about others and what they need. I want to continue to do listening prayer for others and learn to pray even better. I want to be given eyes to see others and ears to hear them. And that sounds right. It draws us close to God and it draws us close to others. Amen. Amen.